Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. NFL fan base with this and, and the coverage and uh, the health and well-being of a person, not a football player in this regard. Um, a 24-year-old person, too. And, and the hit, which we've never seen before as a football fan watching this. You know, it's uh, the protocols in place and the discussion points of why this occurred, what is this, what about that hit made this a cardiac arrest in, in many eyes. Uh, we've had great discussion earlier in the show. Armando Salguero from OutKick was uh, on the at the stadium and then on the ground at the hospital uh, late last night with great coverage and analysis and uh, spot-on reporting for OutKick.com. And uh, Pro Football Doc, Dr. David Chow, also joined us in hour number one. If you missed that, you can download the audio wherever you get your audio uh, just by clicking shows, drop down, and you can find us there at the, the site as well, OutKick.com. Chad, um, the latest from the league came from Commissioner Roger Goodell. Uh, and the NFL update from the commissioner's office, the, the NFL continues to be in regular contact with the medical team caring for DeMar Hamlin and also the Bills and Bengals organizations and the NFL Players Association. After speaking with both teams and NFLPA leadership, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell informed the clubs today that the Bills-Bengals game will not be resumed this week. The NFL has made no decision regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date. The league has not made any changes to the Week 18 regular season schedule. We will continue to provide additional information as it becomes available. This is, in real time, they are trying to make a determination on what to do without... It's very similar to last night in the locker rooms, where we pick up where we left off, Chad, with our discussion in, in Hour 1. When they left the field and they were going to be... Uh, more or less the way ESPN worded it was standby. You know, they're they're going to, going to go back and regroup in the locker rooms. Well, at the time, they have to wait on the league to make a determination on what they are going to do or what they're not going to do. And we're still in that waiting period, so to speak, as, you know, the, the, the Bills players, the, they left last night for Buffalo, left Cincinnati. Bills players who wanted to stay in Cincinnati were allowed to stay and players and personnel who wanted to travel back the charter plane that was going to leave Cincinnati anyway post-game, um, they were allowed to travel back uh, to their home city for the team of Buffalo. And yeah, I, I, I think that you nailed it, Hutton. They're trying to figure this out as they go, just like the rest of us that's talking about this story, covering it. Uh, if you're a player or coach on one of these teams, you know how to handle this. Um, it's also not completely unprecedented. This situation specifically is, but I'm sure I, like a lot of people, when I saw this happening and there was nine minutes of CPR, I went to Google and said, has this ever happened before in NFL history? And it has. Chuck Hughes in 1971 collapsed dead on the field during an NFL game for the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions in Chicago taking on the Bears. The Lions were in a two-minute drill with a minute 21 left and Chuck Hughes jogging back to the huddle 
collapsed and went into convulsions and died. Dick Butkus was in that game for the Bears, was the first to spot him, called for medical personnel to come on the field. Now, very different in that they took him off on a stretcher and then went to the hospital. He was pronounced dead at 5-something that afternoon. They played out the last minute 28 Mm. of the game. So there were no delays, no uh, games postponed. They played the next week that they kept on going. 28 years old and a heart attack with Chuck Hughes. So I know a lot of people probably had that same question, has this ever happened? Because I couldn't immediately think of a a famous moment where this had happened in in an NFL NFL game. game. In college football back in the day, Teddy Roosevelt was put in charge of trying to end deaths in football and make the game safer for college football. So it's happened in the game of football in a much more brutal time, but that's the only incident of someone actually dying during an NFL game. And again, fingers crossed, prayers, Mm -hmm. everything. That's not the case right now with DeMar Hamlin. And if you heard our interview with Dr. David Chow, pro football doc, you would probably be a little bit more optimistic that that's not going to be the case here as well, and that's what we hope for. Uh, But I did find that interesting that this has happened before in NFL history. I thought with ESPN's coverage of this, Hutton, they were every bit as shocked and had no idea what to do as I would have imagined. I was honestly maybe a little bit surprised they weren't quicker to either throw to some different sort of programming or go to people more prepared to talk about it from a doctor standpoint or something else. I felt like it was a lot of people in a situation where they're saying, everything's been said that we can say. We're all upset watching it. We don't know what you want us to say, but yet you have time to fill. So Susie Colber, ask Adam Schefter about it. Ask Booger McFarlane about it. Go back to them. And then every time they went to Joe Buck, it was a lot more of, said everything we need to, so we're going to go back to another break. Yeah, and at some point, you can only say so much about information that you're not going to speculate about. Only what's in front of you. And because of just the protocols in place and where it happened on the field, no one's in earshot of anything. And I think that was the difficulty in trying to figure out what was going on over the course of that 10-minute or so span before they went back to the locker rooms. And that's where you had Lisa Salters and others chiming in from, from there. Keep in mind, too, this is also a simulcast on ABC. And for whatever reason, I, I don't know why, we did not see the... Uh, ABC News? No, ABC. It was on It was on local... I was watching this game on yeah. uh, local ABC last I'm night. saying, are you saying that you were surprised they didn't go to ABC News no, coverage? No, I'm surprised... They didn't have a medical yeah. expert on. Yeah, that's especially considering they they I think they they went away from ABC's coverage at eleven o'clock Eastern, um, and that's why Ryan Clark was on last night and uh, it available because he was a part of the ABC coverage of the reaction in real time reporting on the ground. Also, all the reporting and the the news was coming out as the reporters in the area who are not at the game, are arriving to the Cincinnati hospital. Because it's difficult to get out of the press box, go down to the tunnel, uh, while the teams are going, are are they going to resume the game? Are they not? It's hard to get out of that stadium to begin with, with how you have the different traffic mechanisms that are in place, ingress, egress, uh, which is the case at many stadiums across the country. And so if you're, you know, on standby for uh, the the police uh, reports or whatever that's coming in on the news desk that day, you can hop over to the hospital fairly quickly, and that's what we were seeing on Twitter in real time last night. Yeah, look, I'm not being critical of ESPN or anyone that was on air last night or their producers. 
I, I just think there was this rush to, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Yeah. Great job. I thought they had a very human response. I don't think it was good, particularly. I didn't think I, any of the coverage was good because of it were. no one could say much. I mean, I thought the human response was, again, it was what everyone sitting at home was thinking and feeling. So in terms of commiseration, it worked from a television standpoint. It wasn't particularly informative. It was not organized. I just didn't think it was good the way people rushed out and say it was good. I'll tell you who was good. Scott Van Pelt. I thought post-game was terrific, and that's where Ryan Clark, I know, joined him also. But I thought – and that doesn't surprise me because he's great. Yeah. But I thought his tenor, uh, the information he was bringing to the table, his analysis, talking about it, that was 10 out of 10. I I just – it was clear to me that it was a scramble last night, and no one really knew how to handle it or what to do. And I think there were producers in the background that didn't know what to do, but they knew they had to be on air. Well, it starts with because the NFL. They're on ESPN. They're on. Yeah, I mean, it's everyone involved. You got Joe Buck saying, "Well, the ESPN is telling our guy that it's going to be a five-minute break." We say that, then we look stupid when they break to go to the uh, the locker room, and then Troy Vincent comes back and says, "Well, no, no one said that." The NFL. Again, I'm not being critical. I'm just stating facts that it was outside of the medical personnel that were terrific in responding to this. Everyone else was in scramble mode. Everyone else. And keep in mind, uh, the fact that Schefter was not getting updates on this while he's sitting on the desk. You know, as, as free agency starts, you've got all, his, he's got three phones on the He desk. would have his phone Live. out like this right here, just getting and updates as he's doing it. They, yeah. they refuse to speculate on anything. And I, I think in large part, that's probably what the medical uh, experts that you could have reached out to in real time last night were doing because they were not there. And they did not want to speculate in a life or death situation like they could pull from if you wanted to go to, and we've been in this situation, a player that we're on the call for goes down in a serious uh, injury and you have medical personnel in the field and you're just trying to fill time, but you don't know what's going on. And in that case, I thought that was about as good as they can do considering the fact that they were not going to speculate on what was happening. Yeah, and I, I guess to round this out, what I'm saying is if you wanted information last night, you were going to get it on Twitter yes, more so than on ESPN. And Dr. Chow was almost apologetic that, hey, I did a Twitter Live and talked to me. That's what I want. Yeah, I don't want to speculate. I'm not a cardiologist. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I spoke to a cardiologist this morning that I'm buddies with who told me all about Commotio Cordis. They have no problem speculating saying this looks like textbook Commotio Cordis because of where the hit happened and the reaction to it. I have no issue with that. They're not saying I know for a fact. They, we all know they're not there. They're not treating the patient. But I think a little bit of illustration with that, with an actual medical expert, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that when you see something on video and say, this is what I believe it is. I'm not stating it as fact because I'm not there with them, but I've seen this before and that's what it looks like. And that's how we learn the term Commotio Cortis. Um, going back to DeMar Hamlin, from the Pittsburgh area, and uh, born and raised there, and Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin uh, spoke on Hamlin, and he's uh, a young man who he's known since the age of 12. I'll say this about uh, DeMar Hamlin. Um, man, it's a really personal thing for me, uh, being a Pittsburgher. And that young man being a Pittsburgher, I've known that guy probably since he was about 12. Um, just got a lot of respect and love for him 
as a human being, um, his commitment to the pursuit of his uh, goals and dreams of doing what it is he's doing right now, which is playing in the NFL, and to watch him make personal decisions and, and, and make that a realization. Um, it's just an honor to get to know young people like that. I um, had an opportunity to express that to him whenever I see him. We've played Buffalo um, each of the last two seasons, and he and I get to have a moment uh, because it's just cool to 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 not only appreciate these guys in terms of where they are now, but to to know them since they were younger people and to to watch their maturation, their development, to watch them um, you know earn what they've been chasing. Um, it's just really a, a cool thing and. He's an example of that. I got a lot of love for that young man. We lifted he, him and that organization up in prayer, um, reached out to Sean McDermott to lend whatever assistance I could. Um, but um, I don't have a lot to add other than that. Um, I just respect the fact that you guys appreciate how personal it is for, for me, not only for me, but just for all of us um, as people that, that thrive in this space. Um, that's not obviously something that you – Ever want to see? There is Mike Tomlin. I love Mike Tomlin. Tamar Hamlin. Yes. Uh, coming up, we will uh, dive into uh, the uh, further coverage of Bills, Bengals, and last night's injury. Uh, before that, though, uh, the outpouring of support from across the country, we've seen it uh, across the NFL. Everyone has turned their Twitter avatar and social media avatar uh, to Hamlin's number and you know the, his, his uniform as their avatar today. Um, and all of the players from and reaction in real time to the injury and what we were seeing. And then as other athletes from across the country wrapped up their games uh, from the NHL to the NBA and beyond, we started to see more of support and thoughts and prayers with him there as well. Here is LeBron James after learning about this after he wrapped up the Lakers game last night and discussing the overall injuries that we are, or maybe in this case, not accustomed to seeing in sports. Well, I just won a basketball game. I'm not sure if you saw what's happened in the, uh, if you saw in the locker room what's happened with the NFL game. Um, they, uh, they have suspended the game while waiting the player's condition. I was wondering if you can comment on your thoughts on uh, what happened. And is, uh, is that the right call, obviously? Well, obviously, I don't know. Uh, you know what happened. I seen the play, but I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, my my thoughts and and super prayers goes up to the skies above uh, for that kid's family, for him, um, for you know that brotherhood of the NFL and everybody a part of the NFL family. Um, it's definitely the right call by either whoever made that call, Roger Roger Goodell, or whoever had an opportunity, the, the authority to make that call to suspend that. Uh, the safety of our of players in, in all sports is always the most important. So. Um, you know, it's a, it was a terrible thing to see, um, and, and I wish, uh, um, you know, nothing but the best for that kid, um, uh, for the city uh, of Buffalo, for the franchise of the Bills, um, and like I said, for the rest of the NFL too as well, and also the Bengals that was there, um, and, you know, playing in that game. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the NFL. I'm a huge fan of football. And, you know, you, you never want to see anything like that happen, um, even in that, the type of competition that they're playing in. And, you know, the, the contact aspect of all this, Chad, um, I don't know how you prevent that exact situation from happening, uh, given the fact of, you know, his head's down, uh, Higgins, but he hits with his shoulder. 
And as we're, we'll hear, uh, we've already heard from today, and we'll hear moving forward from others, other experts, um, you know, the timing of this is what is so unique about this situation uh, with Camosio Cardis. And, I mean, that, that is what is so stunning and alarming is how many hits of that sort do players take on a, a routine basis, not even in a game, but think about camp, you know, as they train and uh, celebration for that matter. Um, and then what we saw last night with DeMar Hamlin is just crushing. Yeah, and, and talking to my buddy who's a cardiologist with Camosio Cordis, um, this is, those hits, you're right, Hutton, so common in football and, and in other sports, quite frankly, yeah. in checks and hockey. I mean, you see it all the time. This is still such a rare situation. I do think it's important to put into that context. This isn't something bigger that, oh, now we have to look at all of this all the time. My buddy, and I, I wrote it down, said it's basically the equivalent of getting struck by lightning at just the right time to die from a lightning strike. It's very, very unlikely for something like this to happen. It takes hard impact directly on the outside of the heart right at the moment before the heart is about to beat. That can cause what they call a fatal rhythm to the heart that basically it stops beating. And that's exactly what happened here when you look at the hit and when he was looking at it. This is something that, not to get too graphic for people, but studies were done by a researcher at Vanderbilt University in Nashville that I'm actually efforting to get on this show to, to talk about it. And um, the way they researched this was through pigs, they would have um, a, a baseball, the fast pitch machine, mm -hmm. and they would actually fire baseballs at the outside of a pig's chest right as the moment happened to research the effect on humans and the impact and how an impact could stop someone's heart Which from the outside. And you had to time it up perfectly with right at the moment the heart was about to beat, which obviously was not easy to research, but that's how we learn more and more about Camosio Cordis, what apparently looks like has happened here. Yep. And we will uh, certainly keep efforts there with uh, the, the cardiologist that came up with this trial and error to uh, continue to research this. Uh, and as more information comes out, we will certainly provide that. John McClain will provide uh, his opinion and analysis and reaction to everything on the field last night from Cincinnati. He's next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well.
Outkick 360 rolls on with John McClain. Gallerysports.com is where you can read his great work. He's covered the NFL for really five decades, and he's joined us weekly uh, for, what, going on 15 years or so. Uh, it's been a long yeah. time. Um, and throughout that entire process, we've never had a discussion uh, about, like, we're going to have an, an unprecedented situation given the circumstances and the protocol in place and the scene on the field last night in Cincinnati with Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin. John, hope you're well. I'm doing great, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. What, what The, the rush of emotion is what we've been discussing uh, throughout today's show in, in real time and trying to figure out what, what did we see. And then once you figure it out, you're like, man, this, this is a life-or-death situation um, I'm, I'm assuming you're like us and like many who have never seen anything like this in the league before for those who have been covering it. Well, in 1971, Lions receiver Chuck Hughes became the only player ever down the field. He died of a heart attack going back to the huddle. That was in October 24th of 1971. And they didn't have today then what they have today. I think uh, hopefully Hamlin will – come back and, and be good and be able to lead a normal life. And then they'll get around to the first responders. Can you imagine the pressure they were under and have an NFL player who's stopped breathing, as hard as to stop beating, no pulse, and they know they're on national TV. They got a sellout crowd. They got players gathered around from both teams. They're crying. They're holding hands. Everybody is just devastated, and they've got to save his life, and they did that. And I guarantee you, I expect those people to be for all the people that worked to help him save his life, and hopefully his life will be saved. I'm guessing the NFL will honor them at the Super Bowl. They've done that before, but they deserve so much credit for what they did. I saw Gary Kubiak almost die at halftime of a game, and he had a um, – a TIA, which I forgot what it is now, but because I just thought it's of like it. It's like a mini stroke, and right? It, a mini stroke. What yep. it really was, they said it was a mini stroke. It was a stroke. And a uh, story was done a couple of years ago. Shereen Williams on Pro Football Talk talking to Kubiak and the doctors. And they saved his life. And they put him on the ambulance and took him away. And I remember he was walking off the field and he collapsed. And I've seen players who got paralyzed and didn't play anymore but I've never seen anybody in that situation where they had to shock his heart back into rhythm and uh, get it beating again. John, the outpouring of support and uh, the best in people, Chad mentioned this to start the show, and I, I echo it. It's uh, something we shouldn't forget about either, where you look at the, the foundation community, which is Hamlin's toy drive and the money raised going to this, uh, with a goal of $2,500, it's now at $4.74 million um, with athletes, uh, celebrities, but also just the common fan and general decent human beings, Americans joining in on whatever they can donate to help support Hamlin in some way and have a connection to that. Uh, the, the show of support last night was something to behold. And that number will keep going up, and when he's able to uh, talk and understand what's going on. And his family tells him about that. He's going to be astonished. And he'll be eternally grateful, of course. And he's had a foundation since he was in college. And uh, I think we're finding out so much about him that we didn't know. 
And I think there's outpouring from around the country. And I'm guessing around the world, because you think of all the fans they've got, say in Europe, mm. they they were asleep last night. They get up this morning and they see that and they're trying to get as much information as they can, just like us. And they'll, there'll be a lot of donations from coming in from there if there's not already. Mexico, everywhere the NFL is, po- is played and is popular, I would imagine there's a lot of people who want to do something. Something, something to help Demar Hamlin. John, what you were watching, just like we were. What, what was your takeaway from how uh, the league handled operationally? Not first responders, great, obviously with all of that. But in terms of the game, were they going to play? Were they not going to play? With everything, the Troy Vincent, Joe Buck, ESPN, back and forth now on what they were being told versus what Troy Vincent is claiming. I guess they just made up out of thin air about the five minute and then regroup and play. All of that put into this. What what were your thoughts on all of it? No, it wasn't made up after thin air. Uh, Buck talked to uh, Andrew Marsh and the TV columnist for the New York Post today, and he told him John Perry, their officials expert, that he got it from somebody at the league office, and that's why he put it out. And Troy Vincent who was on the three-person conference call with Donna Ponte and Jeff Miller from the NFL office, said he didn't know where that came from, and he may legitimately not know. There's no way the NFL would have made them get out there and work for five minutes. It's just not the way the NFL operates. I saw somebody complaining that Goodell didn't ever answer questions. He's got a little bit more important things to worry about because if you saw those pictures underneath the stadium, you saw McDermott and Zach Taylor, but Katie Blackburn, who's the daughter of my owner, Mike Brown of the Bengals and and runs that franchise. She was on the phone the whole time. And uh, Troy Vincent's the one who was on the phone with Roger Goodell. And, uh, of course, they postponed it. They announced today it will not be played this week. You know, people are wondering, well, what are they going to do? Because if they declared a tie, that would hurt the Chiefs. And it would certainly help the Bills have a better chance to get home field advantage. But one of the things they could do, they have the bye week before the Super Bowl. You could move it, you could have, you could have play everything out this week. You could have them play on wild card weekend and move the wild card and the divisional and the championship games back a week. There were a lot of weeks during in the Super Bowl era in which there was no bye week. Coaches and players don't like it anyway. But, of course, I don't think they're going to announce anything until they hear more about DeMar Hamlin's status. And from the cardiologists I've been reading today, they say this is a slow process. It's not like all of a sudden he's going to wake up and be fine. I mean, they had what's really important is blood flow to the brain. And one of the things people talked that talked about, and I think this made so much sense, when the ambulance was leaving the field, it waited on his mother to come out from the stands. If he were still in danger of dying right then, I think that ambulance would have left her and somebody else would have brought her. And so hopefully, I've, I've read about a hockey player who got a puck in the chest and collapsed and came back. Soccer player, they administered to him for 70 minutes on the field, CPR, and he was able to come back. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, he'll be able to lead a normal life. John, you raise a, a, a big-time predicament. Obviously, we're all thinking about DeMar Hamlin, his safety first and foremost, but from a league operation standpoint, getting ready for the playoffs, this was not some throwaway game between two teams already eliminated on Monday Night Football. These are two teams vying for 
high spots in the playoffs. I don't know what you do. I think you brought up one possible solution. I don't know if that's obviously not going to be easy to pull off. I don't know what television contracts say. I don't know how they can move things around to add that extra week and then take away from that week between the championship games and the Super Bowl. And I keep coming back to, is the easiest solution the one that affects the least amount of teams? And that would be just to declare it a tie and say tough to the Chiefs or the Bills or the Bengals and all this. No one expected this to happen. It's a tragedy, and we're doing the best we can with it. They could do that, and there's no way anybody could complain about it, or they could just do what they've done before. The NFL's moved things around. We saw it during the pandemic. That's one reason they have the bye week. Originally, that bye week was to promote it for the hype. They don't need that anymore. There have been a lot of Super Bowls played with no no bye week before it, and uh, coaches and players would rather do that anyway. The easiest thing would be to just declare it a tie, and uh, that means Buffalo would end up, let's see, if Kansas City was 14-3 and three and Buffalo would win one more, they'd be 13-3-1. I can't know what their records are, 12-3 and three right now, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, so Kansas City – would win the last game against the Raiders at the Raiders and end up 14-3. and three. And Buffalo, if it won its last game, I think against New England, they would be 13-3-1. So, therefore, Kansas City would be uh, have home field advantage in the bye week again. What would happen if they declared a no contest? I don't, what does that mean? No same result. No result. Well, the tie, just, a tie would... is the same thing. Well, no, because it benefit a tie benefits certain teams better than others. A no contest would mean you just didn't play that game and you would go to the next tie-breaking scenario, which I believe is conference record. Yeah, well, they could do that too. There'd be uh, well, right now, if it was a no game, Buffalo's going to get home field advantage because Buffalo beat Kansas City. Well, the the latest statement that uh, and maybe something else has come out, John, right before you join was they, they're not going to resume this game this week, if at all. Right. That's the addendum right. to that statement, if at all. And they're proceeding as of now without moving Week 18, which means the Bills, and they're, they're about to play the Patriots. Um, that, that's, the, that's the interesting part of it, is Week 18 proceeds, and then uh, with every other team being done, if they move the game back, it would just have that one game, you're saying, between Bills-Bengals. That'd be some big ratings, wouldn't it? As it is right now, Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati with an outside chance to get that first uh, first buy and home field advantage in the playoffs. I think it would be um, if they if with no contest and Buffalo wins the last game. Buffalo is is thirteen and three, and Kansas City would be fourteen and three, and uh, that doesn't seem like that would be fair. Yeah. And I mean, look, I, I searched last night looking for the no contest rules. It's very difficult to find. I couldn't find the tie-breaking scenarios with that included. Um, but like, for instance, if this would have happened, uh, and we don't want it to happen, but if it did at a certain point in the game in the second half, Goodell could call the game and declare a winner. That's within like his, a baseball game after five innings. Yeah, I mean, he he could declare a team a winner based on the situation and not resume the game at all, given the circumstances. But the fact this happened in the first quarter really puts them in a spot where 
They and it's also, I mean, you'll know this better than than most, John. It's difficult to get the NFL and the NFLPA on the same page. And if it's not already in the bylaws, well, then you've got to go through the PA, which they're having to do last night on the decision about the game before Goodell officially announced it. That's why the statements came out at virtually the same second on social media. And on top of that, inform the teams, inform stadiums. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts with all of it. If they declared it a no contest or if they declared it a tie, I don't know how anybody complained, yep. including the fans that were affected or the players who were affected because this is an unprecedented situation. John, as far as the the player interaction at midfield, that was something else. You know, we saw the uh, digs and others that just are crying over there. They're sitting there watching this. You've also got um, – You've got the quarterbacks, Allen and Burrow, who are embracing there. I think that's the other part of it is both teams shared the same sentiment uh, and both coaches as well. I think that we're going to see some awards by photographers coming from this game. That scene where the Bills players were all circled like a donut and they were all on one knee and they all had their head down praying. That boy, that was a powerful picture. Mm-hmm. I could see that winning. Yes, that one. I could see that maybe winning a Pulitzer because of what it stands for, which is an unprecedented situation in the NFL. And uh, but I think that's the thing. I I thought ESPN handled it as well as they could have handled it. You know, you've got reporters who are not trained to do that, and all of a sudden they throw it to you. And Susie Colburn, Booger McFarland, and Adam Schefter, they saw what we saw on a TV. They weren't getting information. I thought they did as well as could have been expected. And then they go uh, to Scott Van Pelt, and he was outstanding. Ryan Clark was outstanding. I thought just overall those guys did a tremendous job under unprecedented circumstances. And John, think about the personnel there in that stadium that have seen over the last several years and just this season alone, the Ryan Shazier injury, Tua Tagovailoa, uh, where, you know, on Thursday night football, he's knocked out, he's knocked unconscious. And then last night in real time, all of that playing out, and the personnel from the same stadium, virtually the same. Uh, some of them may rotate based on the day and, and time of their schedule. Um, it, you know, it's, that's also the unprecedented part is uh, how much they've seen in a very short amount of time. Mari Hamlin was dead. You know, his heart had stopped. There was no pulse. They brought him back to life. They've saved his life. Hopefully, he'll be able to lead a normal life. And I, all those situations we're talking about, Shazier and other players who've been paralyzed, they never thought right then at that moment they were going to die. And But in this one, it was that's why everybody was so mesmerized by it because we couldn't remember it. I don't remember 1971 when – Chuck Hughes died on the field. I remember reading about it, but it wasn't, you know, Monday night football was in its second year. If that had been on Monday night football, of course it would have been big, but it wouldn't have been like today where you can get the NFL in so many places. And I know this, when that kid comes back, Hamlin, he's going to have so much to be thankful for, and he's going to want to thank so many people. It may take him an whole offseason to do that. John, I can't think of a moment that even approaches this in terms of every fan of an NFL team, when their team is eliminated, they will be all in on the Buffalo Bills winning the Super Bowl. I think that was the case before this happened. The only comparison I can make is 2001 Patriots 
after 9-11 with all the symbolism of the Patriots logo, the red, white, and blue, and Tom Brady's first run through the playoffs beating the Rams, I think this is going to be even bigger because of that losing Super Bowl history of the Buffalo Bills trying to get over the hump now combined with this tragic scene. The Bills may actually be America's team right now. Do you agree or disagree? I think that's a great observation, Chad, like they are America's team. Cowboy fans wouldn't like to hear it, but the fact is, who doesn't like Buffalo? Their fans are great. It's a class organization. You don't hear any bad things coming out. Sean McDermott is respected as a head coach. Brandon Bean, very respected general manager. The Pagulas are respected, and man, they're the Bills Mafia. The Bills Mafia is something else. I've been there a million times, and I love going there, and I love the fans. And I think you're right. When your team is eliminated, most of the fans are going to pull for the Bills. Can you imagine what the Super Bowl would be like if he, if they're there, and if DeMar Hamlin is okay and he can come out there and, and be introduced on the sideline uh, with his teammates, that would just be one of the most uh, heart heart-clutching, heart-grabbing situations I've ever seen in any professional sport, not just football. John McClain, gallerysports.com is where you can read his work. You can also follow him on social like we do, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. John, thank you as always for the perspective each week, especially uh, today with uh, everything that took place last night. Jonathan and Chadlack, thank you guys very much as always. Happy New Year. I look forward to talking to you next week, and uh, good luck to the Titans. Yes, thank you, John. Missed you last week, John. Happy New good Year. Good seeing you. Happy New Year. There he is, uh, John McClain. I miss those Chadillacs. you got to yeah, get a yeah. couple doses of Chadillac in every single week or I just don't feel right. It's like a vitamin C. You know, Getting, getting John to say Chadillac to me is like yeah. a, a multivitamin. <laughs> Like a boost. A shot of energy. <laughs> That's right. It's an espresso. Hit us up on social at Outkick360. We had some other headlines coming up. Uh, a bit later, uh, we have uh, Jay Skirsky, the Buffalo news writer who covers the Buffalo Bills. He'll join us to give perspective on Buffalo and uh, the Bills roster, the team, the outshowing of support, and uh, the uh, outpouring of uh, good vibes that everyone is sending that team's way, and especially DeMar Hamlin. We got to talk about uh, Bart Scott and Skip Bayless. Yeah, and the trouble they're they're in, or maybe in, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, Bart Scott taking a lot of heat from the league right now and from players for something he said that we're going to get into also. The, yeah, ESPN is trying to avoid speculation, which they said in the statement, and Bart Scott was not. That's next in Outkick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, Kick 360 rolls on. You know, there, there's always a jump to conclusions, especially on social media, as people are reacting in real time. And then you have those that are in our line of work that, for whatever reason, don't mind speculating on things and throwing things out there. 
And we certainly saw plenty of that last night, not just the two we're going to feature, but uh, across uh, there were several like local reporters and others that were uh, being retweeted for what they were saying about I'll resume the game. You certainly can't do that in that in that setting. You don't know. I mean, we didn't know if he was alive. You know, that, that yeah. was the there was so much speculation going on that I prefer the league take their time and assess every detail before releasing any type of statement. Yeah, there are just times where, you know, say less. Yeah. You don't need to take to social media with every passing thought in your precious brain. You know, at all times. Not everyone cares, and you don't need to say everything you're thinking at all times. And last night was a time to just say, boy, this is horrific. Hate it. Prayers up. Whatever you want to say, but to speculate on what the league should do or what will, it just wasn't, to me, was not the time to do that. Skip, Skip Bayless is in a bit of hot water, water. What he tweeted, I didn't think was so egregious. It was the timing when he says, no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game, but how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. Hutton, you pointed out that if you start with the outcome of this game is irrelevant, Based and then on ask the, the question of how you do it, I don't think he's as in, in as much hot water. Well, and, you know, what... I'm sure you received the same thing I was receiving from uh, friend. I know uh, there are others that got this too. Uh, hey, what what's going to happen now? You know how is how are we going to proceed with the the, the league schedule? Um, to this point, the league still hasn't told us, but there's plenty of speculation out there as to what's going to be uh, said or done in that regard. Uh, but that is a discussion topic. There's just a point in place and time for that, and. You know, Bayless doing it when he did in the middle of the uh, really confusion about what we saw live, what the replay then showed, and then how it was being handled where this was right after, correct me if I'm wrong, I I saw this uh, um, sitting watching this game, uh, right after we had reports that they actually administer CPR on DeMar Hamlet. Now, at the end of that, he's right. Bayless is right. All of that of what he said is irrelevant. But if it's irrelevant, I don't know why you tweet it then. There's no reason to say it. I mean, the game is so secondary at that point. I mean, we all had, again, you don't have to put it out publicly. (laughs) We all had the thought. I'm sitting there watching thinking, man, this is such an easy decision to go ahead and call the game if it's, you know, Texans and the Commanders Right. right now. And they're both eliminated from the playoffs or whoever it may be. But this is a game for first place implications in the AFC. So... It's a game of meaning. Not that the game yeah. has any more meaning, obviously, than DeMar Hamlin. Again, good lesson. Just don't tweet everything you're thinking at all times. You won't get as much trouble. And for Bart Scott to go on ESPN today and say that offensive players can't use the crown of their helmet as a weapon, which is kind of what T. Higgins did. And he says, I'm not trying to put the blame on T. Higgins, but that's something they tried to take out of the league. And then he goes into explaining you know, what happened on the hit. It was a very unremarkable football play. There was nothing out of the ordinary about that play. It was and, a ball carrier trying to get yeah, a few extra yards yes. who's running one way and then just goes upfield and tucks it and runs hard into a tackler who brings them down. To even insinuate that it was an illegal play by T. Higgins, which, by the way, it wasn't. He didn't leave with his helmet. He hit him with his shoulder. Is just ridiculous at this point of Bart Scott to say. 
And he's taken some fire from some players across, oh, yeah. across the league also. Well, I mean, you're lowering your helmet to – he's uh, the offensive player there, and Higgins is bracing for impact. And it's uh, you're right. The, the play itself and the contact – there is a very, I mean, we, we're, we're normalized to that hit in football, right? That, that goes without saying. And for Bart Scott, who has played a I lot mean, of football and played a lot of physical in an era of physical football where you did lower your helmet and you delivered some big hits, I don't know why he's turning this on Higgins saying that this was an illegal deal where he ducks his helmet. Insinuation there, and I know he clarified it, but when you say that out, it's like, what in what point of that football play does that now institute a penalty for the the offense when the defender is coming up to make that hit? And it's a very uninformed well, it, opinion in real time that involves speculation, which ESPN uh, it, put out in 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 a statement in regards to why they said it was the teams were going to warm up for five minutes yeah, that they it, weren't going to do. Here's what makes me kind of chuckle at that though is. What Bart Scott said is what I would expect Skip Bayless to say. Yeah, yeah. Something that someone who do, never played in the NFL and didn't really play football would say something that uninformed and not understand the psyche of a football player. On ESPN, when they go to Booger McFarland and Ryan Clark, those guys are in tears mm-hmm. trying to talk about it, seeing that having played the game at the highest level the way they did. Really, really uninformed from Bart Scott to not have the empathy to put himself in the place of T. Higgins and think... By the grace of God, that wasn't me if I hit someone. And that happened, and how bad I would feel. I thought it was incredibly insensitive and just dumb of a guy who played that much in the NFL. The reaction to what he said, too, from players, also what we would see from reaction to Skip Bayless. I feel bad for T. Higgins in all this, too, being a part of it. Jay Skursky joins us next for the Buffalo News with perspective on the Bills. That's next.